your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 423 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains. And for the first time this season, the Sens went to overtime, but unfortunately it did not go their way. Some would argue they stole a point as Philip Gustafson had to turn aside 19 shots in the third period just to make sure that Ottawa got one point. The good news, they're back in action tomorrow against Vegas. We're going to break down the entirety of what was a seesaw game, having to call a timeout, not even five minutes in, down two goals, battling back to earn at least that precious point. So full recap on today's show, this is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, November 3rd in Pilsy. I feel like I watched three different games all tied into one last night. Yeah, I mean, no pun intended, but that was a wild game up against the Minnesota Wilds. And this, you got you to gotta give it to the Senators. And DJ Smith said it in his post-game press conference. Last year, that's probably a game they lose 6-1, right? Like you never get back on track. You let the other team run away with it. But this, this year, the guys got some resilience. You get some new guys in the lineup uh, on the second half of a back-to-back games. And you end up coming back and almost making it all the way. They do get that one point. So they finish this road trip 1-1-1, one, one, and one, which for your Ottawa Senators, that's not too bad. Now you wish the loss wasn't as uh, embarrassing and up against the Chicago Blackhawks, a winless team at the time. But 1-1-1 one, one, and one for your first American road trip in a long time, I'll take it. Yeah, especially with two tough games coming up on home ice. We'll have a full preview of tomorrow's game on Thursday's Locked On Senators, but the Vegas Golden Knights are injured, very injured. No Mark Stone among a host of others. And then the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions are going to be in town. How crazy is that? Since the last time Ottawa played Tampa, a team in their division, They've won two, won two cups, Stanley Cups. So a little bit of a different aura, although it was an elite franchise before that. But let's go through this game because it started out the way afternoon games typically used to go for Ottawa. I always remember going to my seat and they're down 2 nothing already. And it would have been even sooner because the Minnesota Wild had a breakaway not even three minutes into this game. It was uh, a great save from... Uh, from Philip Gustafson on Kevin Fiala, who just literally stole the puck from Drake Batherson and uh, and went right between Mete and Josh Brown. But he was able to stop that one. I'm like, okay, they, they get that early save out of the way. It's all good. Uh, Pilsy, that wasn't the case. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not about to sit here and blame Gustafson for that poor start, right? Like, if you look at all those goals, like, like you said, he shows up big when he needs to. But then the first goal... Just a mad scramble that uh, Marcus Foligno ends up finishing. And 
that's a tough way to start the hockey game when that's the kind of goal you let up. And then the the crowd gets into it, right? I mean, it, it's Minnesota, the state of hockey. If they get up to a one nothing lead at home, they're going to get fired up. So that's tough to go with. And then the second goal, similar thing, right? That's uh, that's a goal that I'm not going to blame Gustafson for. I think that was the yeah, that was a Kalen Addison goal, the one where it's just a point shot. It hits off Uncle Deli in front of the net, goes up, pops up over Gustafson. He doesn't know where it is, and it's in the net. So like. No chance on either of those goals for Philip Gustafson. But you're down 2 nothing on the road coming off a bad loss. And you got to dig deep. That's where you got to really dig deep. And I think that's about... When did DJ Smith call his timeout? After the second goal? Yeah. So, seems like a weird move using your timeout that early. But I think you got to tip your hat to DJ Smith. That was the right time. And I think uh, Delhi after in his post-game uh, press conference said... Although it seems weird and unconventional, it was the right thing to do because they need to give their head a shake and get back into this game. Yeah, well, I mentioned that breakaway that Gustafson stopped initially. That was the zone entry that created the first goal because it was all mad scramble around. Josh Brown took himself out of the play with a slide attempt and never really got back to it. And then Marcus Foligno, big body, you got to know where he is. And typically you can find him in front of the net. And nobody did. And he had way too much time and space. You mentioned the second goal. Sends bingo. Crossed that one off. They allowed a player to score his first NHL goal. Uh, Nice backstory, though. His grandfather passed away uh, seven years almost to the day from cancer. And last night was Hockey Fights Cancer Night in Minnesota. But the Senators, after that 2-0 deficit, they called a timeout and then started skating a little bit better. And it culminated in that 2-1 goal, which was a great passing play. Or do we have to give some stick taps to Watson for being a willing combatant and trying to get the boys into it with a scrap? I mean, definitely we got to give stick taps to Austin Watson. I mean, this guy ju- literally just came back from injury and he's getting in a scrap his first game. Mind you, it was an ankle injury, so hopefully that doesn't affect his fighting ability. But that's the kind of spark this team needed. And that's why I said he was my locked-on player because – the sense like having another kind of skilled fringe NHL player on your fourth line. Sure. It's all right, but it's, it's not going to move the needle one way or another. Whereas Austin Watson is kind of the other than Brady, but you don't want Brady doing this duty all the time. He's kind of the only guy on this team that can stand up for himself in a tilt and you're not too worried about it or is a willing combatant, like you said. So it was good for him to give his team a little spark there. And uh, I'm sure the boys would tell you, it means a lot. And then talk about a spark. I'm pretty sure I saw the afterburners go on on Alex Formanton there, who now has points in back-to-back games. He starts that rush, gets it over to Connor Brown, who looks like he's going wide. And Nick Paul said it at intermission. It's that chemistry between Paul and Brown. They scored yeah. a few big goals together, and he just knew to go to the net. It was almost like a shot pass to flex right off of Nick Paul, who gets the Senators on the board. We didn't have to wait. Till the very end for Ottawa to extend their shutout list streak now at 74 games. However, that stat is going to uh, need a lot more if they're going to get set the NHL record, which I think is 300 games. So, <laughs> but I don't think we have to touch on that every single night, but it is kind of neat that uh, they got so close to being shut out against Chicago. They get one midway through the first period. And another almost momentum goal we say within two minutes. This was three minutes later, though. That Nico Sturm, one of the unknowns, really, from the bottom six forwards in Minnesota yesterday. He gets his second of the year. And uh, that one felt kind of like a backbreaker just because of the PTSD from the Chicago game, right? That late first period goal really carried over 
for the rest of the game. Yeah, and that's that was uh, kind of the nervous part of this is, sure, you call the timeout down to nothing. Austin Watson gets in a scrap, and then you think things are heading in the right direction, and you score a goal, make it 2-1, and then that happens. And it was again, you can't blame Gustafson at all on this one. Mad scramble in front, defensive coverage, no one's got him. And Nico Sturm, I'm pretty sure that's the goal. Yeah, it, it was. He scores from on his knees in the slot. Like, how are you getting a guy who... We we don't know much about we cover cover hockey five days a week. We don't know much about this guy. And he score he gets the loose puck on his knees in the slot and scores. How are how is that allowed? How are the Ottawa defensemen letting him have that time and space and not fighting harder to clear that puck out of there? So that's a tough one. And if you're Gus, like, man, that's gotta be frustrating. You're like, what do I gotta do here to keep this team from going down three one in the first when I don't have a chance on any of these goals? Well, Delzato chases his man into the corners. I'm just watching the replay as we're as we're doing this. And and then Nico Sturm jams one away and Zaitsev's so far on the other side that yep. he can't get over there either. But this play, it goes back to the zone entry. Zaitsev lets Fiala get in way too easily. And that's just common theme. I don't know when DJ Smith is going to wake up, but these four defensemen on their bottom two pairs just aren't getting it done. Now, Nick Holden was the healthy scratch, but healthy might be in quotations, as Ian Mendez reported, that they might have taken him out because it's a second half of back-to-back. He's 34 years old, and uh, he might be dealing with a few bumps and bruises here that he picked up along the way. But you certainly see with this decor – the hierarchy is very good and then not good at all. Now, Michael Delzato did contribute two assists later on in the game, but even still, the D-zone coverage for this entire decor is uh, leaving a lot to be desired. So the Senators down 2 nothing, four minutes into the game, and then down 3-1, so two-goal deficits. But this team doesn't quit, and you got to respect that. In the second period, Ottawa comes out, and not even 2.15 into the, into the period, it's Drake Batherson. Who else? This guy is on a complete heater right now. It was his first of two points in a span of one minute and 11 seconds. I mean, what more can you say about Drake Batherson, right? Like, he leads the team in points, 10 points already. you got to love that. Five goals, five assists, so even both ways, and... This is a goal where I kind of have a hard time crediting Delhi with an assist here because he was completely oblivious that Batherson was open on that other side. He sends the puck towards the net, and it happens to go to Batherson, who almost gets a wide open net. Talbot gets a piece of it, but Batherson's not going to miss that very many times. So, well, he was trying. He was trying to go to Brady in the slot. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Like he was not at all trying to hit Batherson on that far side, but it ends up working out for him and. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny in uh, Del Zotto's press conference, too. Yeah, I'm mentioning a lot of their press conferences today, apparently. But uh, he was saying that him and Zaitsev had good defensive coverages and didn't give the Whoa. other team too much. And I was like, are you sure about that? Like, sure, you got two points. But I don't know about pumping up your defensive uh, acumen there, uh, Uncle Dally. Maybe calm down on that. So speaking of did you know, did you know you can challenge a high stick on a zone entry 28 seconds earlier? That, see, that's where it gets me. It's not that you can challenge a high stick. It's that it's 28. Like, where is the line here? Like, we're talking, oh, five minutes ago, a guy went offside three face-offs ago. Can we look at that? Like, where's the line here? Like, and uh, even the the high sticking, like, that was one I wasn't really sure you, you could challenge there. So, but 
Luckily, things turned out for the Sens there. They end up keeping that goal and getting on the power play after that uh, failed coach's challenge. And the only thing that would make that even better, oh wait, it did happen. The Senators end up scoring on that ensuing power play, and it's the player who Dean Evason, the head wild coach, believed had the high stick. So he does put his stick high, but it's to celebrate a goal. <laughs> it's Josh Norris, his sixth of the season from Batherson and Timmy Stutzla. Man, Josh Norris and Drake Batherson, like we talk about uh, the chemistry between best friends Norris and Kachuk. We talk about the chemistry between Batherson and Stutzla. I'm not sure that at least this season, there's not a better chemistry duo than Batherson and Norris. Like I bet if you looked at all their uh, goals, all 11 of Norris and Batherson's goals combined, there's an assist from one another on almost all of them. Like it's insane what they're able to do, especially on the power play. Like, that power play where it's the top wow. line, Timmy I just, and Shabbat. I just looked it up. Uh, Batherson has assists on five out of Norris's six goals. Yeah, there you go. Like, that's just it. And that's a nice play by Norris because he has to get that shot off quickly because Talbot is moving over and it just sneaks under his legs there. And shout out uh, that great pass. Like, that, uh, that's a great passing play to get it over to Norris. And I just wish the, the PP1 unit could just play the – Full two minutes every time like don't don't even tell the second power play unit you're only going out there if there's like 15 seconds left and now you're just a new even strength line because when that power play is clicking and is cycling the puck in the ozone they're wearing down that penalty kill unit first off and they're finally getting a couple different looks like the last couple games i found that unit was just they were just trying to hit norris in his spot which don't get me wrong love that that's their best option but you can't have a plan A and just keep going back to it. You need a plan B, even a plan C, so that you can throw off the defender schemes and they don't just automatically know where you're going. And now, in that game at least, it looked like Ottawa had a couple different options and that really led to a lot of success and helped them score that power play goal. So at that point, the Senators tie it up 3-3 and Chris Tierney wanted to make sure that Ottawa got the lead. Is he going for an NHL record and selling? We have so much more to break down from this game against the Minnesota Wild. We're going to get into some major trends that we're seeing throughout these first nine games. But first, a word from our friends at Shopify. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business so that startups, upstarts, and establishes businesses alike can sell everywhere. Synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Hell, their headquarters are in your nation's capital. Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first sale to full scale. You can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. You can gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. So you can go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNHL all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. That's Shopify. 
Shopify.com slash locked on NHL right now. Shopify.com slash locked on NHL. Yeah, Ross, it's definitely a good time to hit up Shopify as Christmas. It's two months away, but you don't want to be that person stuck getting Christmas gifts on uh, December 23rd or anything. So hop on Shopify now while you can. And hey, while, you, while you're on uh, your computer looking at Shopify, why not check out some of the best protein bars ever in Built Bar? It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You guys know I'm a Built Bar expert, and I love all the different flavors that Built Bar has to offer. The best part about Built Bar, though, is all of their bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. There's so many amazing flavors to choose from. The texture is soft. It's easy to chew. They're low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in fiber and high in protein. That's what you want from a protein bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have so many delicious flavors. I'm looking at uh, Built.com right now, and I'm going to mix it up a little here. We've been going with some of their new flavors, but this is one of the OG flavors that I love, and I think you're going to love too. Check it out today. It's mint brownie protein bars from Built Bar. Only 130 calories, but you're getting 17 grams of protein and a whole lot of delicious flavor. How can you get your hands on these protein bars? Well, go to Built.com today. And since you're a loyal listener of the Locked On Senators podcast, we're going to hook you up with the promo code. So type in promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order, guys. Nice little savings there for you. So check it out today. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. That gets you 15% off. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All right, Pillsy. So at this point in the game, it's 3-3. Sens are feeling good. They've got two goals in the opening 323 of the second period. But then this, this one was really my favorite goal because right after Josh Norris scores on the power play, Ottawa got another one right soon after and it did not convert but this might have been the most fun I've had watching a unit on the Ottawa Senators this first power play when they're getting shots and we should mention Ottawa scored their first three goals on seven shots Ottawa was getting outshot in this game pretty heavily but three goals on seven shots is that good certainly the third one helped get that power play going because despite not scoring they get five shots on goal Control possession in the offensive zone for the entire two minutes. They go off. Next line comes out. And Chris Tierney in his 500th NHL game. So some stick taps well-deserved for Chris Tierney. He gets another goal without his stick? Like, is this guy trying to set an NHL record? I love it. I mean, hey, we, we've had our ups and downs with Chris Tierney, but while we're on the ups, let's ride it because it has been a blast watching this guy score goals because they, it is more unconventional than any player I've seen. And five or four of his five goals were not off his stick in like a normal way. Like they've been bouncing off his body. And I or love it too. Uh, what's that? Or his foot. Yeah. <laughs> the opening game. Not a kick. Not a kick. Not a kick. Uh, Ronaldo right from the box. But um, Ian Mendez in his athletic article, if you haven't subscribed already, go check it out. For sure, he's a great writer and we love him on the show. Always talking about his stuff. But he mentioned how Chris Tierney after, he was saying, well, I always tell the young kids, like, head to the net and good things will happen. And I'm the prime example of that. <laughs> so if you're if you're one of those kids on the Ottawa Senators and you're saying, ah, I can't, I don't want to be in those dirty areas. I'm not going to score like that. Well, you, you can basically turn to Chris Tierney 
500 NHL games, like you said, and he's showing you that that is not true. All you need to do is head to the net and stick on the ice. Optional. Just get in front of the <laughs> in front of the goalie, and you can get goals any way, shape, or form. Well, once the refs figure it out, they called this no goal on the ice. And initially, I, I was like, what? And I've never seen a ref go like el- elbow for the goal. Like, huh? <laughs> Yeah, unbelievable, but they made the right call. Ottawa did not even have to challenge. I don't think they could have challenged because he used his timeout earlier in the game. Um, I don't yeah. know how that works, but they figured it out. They went to Toronto, and they're like, hey, wait, it just went off him. Clearly, the reaction, he does kind of give a chicken wing, but it's after the puck hits him. Yeah, like, I mean, if a puck is heading towards your face, <laughs> you're probably going to do something about it. So I don't blame Chris Tierney at all there. So three goals in the opening 750 of the second period. This one was assisted by Tyler Ennis and Michael Delzato. Scary moment, by the way, later in the game. Tyler Ennis crashed in the net. He gets pushed from behind. Kind of a greasy play. I think it was Ryan Hartman. And uh, Ennis hits the post and then spins into the boards. He left gingerly, stayed on the bench. You notice he only had a couple shifts after that. But this is a guy who plays limited uh, ice time, but he's got five assists this year. And he is contributing offensively. But Ottawa just really, they didn't have an answer in their own zone. And that's why Minnesota was able to tie this game back up. It was Marcus Foligno's second of the game on the power play. But really, Pilsy, this one came down to Philip Gustafson in the third period. I mentioned right off the top, he made 19 of his 38 saves in that third period. And it's not often that a goalie has an 884 save percentage, and we consider him a Sen Central standout, but Gus certainly was last night. Yeah, I was just about to mention that too. It's hilarious talking about a goalie that lets in five goals in a loss, and you're like, that guy needs to start. Like, that yep. is that is our guy, but uh, that's Philly franchise. And like we mentioned, the first three goals, not really his fault at all. I would even argue the, the fourth and probably the fifth, not really his fault either. Fifth but- one's tough. That's a great release. We'll get to it. Yeah, okay. I thought you were saying it was tough on Gustafson. It's no, tough to no. stop that. Yeah, and yeah. hey, not only did he make 19 saves in the third, but that's like a lot of those were good saves. Like speaking of uh, Kirill Kaprizov, he tried the between the legs right in front of the net and uh, like he fooled everyone there, myself included. Yeah. But Gus, good positioning, good calm. solid, uh, yeah, being calm there. And he makes that save without even really knowing it. And then, you know what? <laughs> Say something nice about Josh Brown. Josh Brown cleared that puck right away nice. after that and didn't even think about it and didn't so turn it over. So not the anyway. one he cleared right into the slot? Yeah, not that one. Yeah. To start <laughs> that play? Oh, my God. We'll, we'll get some major issues later on. But <clears throat> after that 19 save performance in the third period, I was like, okay, I'm sitting on my couch. I almost tweeted out, but I was like, no, I don't want to put any more uh, into the, the world, the hockey gods. I don't know how they're going to react to this. But I said, it's either going to be Tim Stutzla or Kirill Kaprizov. Stutza almost ended it in the third period. What a move. He goes backhand, forehand, almost tucked it in. It just goes right off the side of the net. He beat Cam Talbot, though. That guy had no clue where the puck was. But in overtime, let's go through how DJ Smith started this out. And it made me wonder if Josh Norris is playing at 100% because it was a, a neutral zone faceoff, obviously. And this is Ottawa's first overtime game of the year. And it was Norris, Batherson, Shabbat, but they had Batherson taking the opening faceoff. Like, didn't you find that to be a little strange? 
Yeah, that was weird. And uh, when I was looking at the face-off summary, I saw Bathurst at a face-off, and I was trying to and rack just my won. brain when that His was. His first face-off of the game started overtime. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a strange move. I don't. I feel like sometimes coaches they try to go galaxy brain with this three-on-three, three, right? Because it's so open and there's a lot less structure. So maybe they try some different stuff. But I don't know. I'm, to be I don't fair, think that's Nor- the play. Norris has been struggling in the face-off circle. He went. Uh, you went seven for seventeen last night, forty-one percent, and zero for oh, nine, nine yeah. the night Oof. before. So Batherson takes that face off. They they lose it, but ultimately it doesn't cost them. Sometimes that opening face off can be the the be all or end all of the game. But certainly they get past that first shift. Then I'm just pulling it back up. Then they get stuck with a D zone face off. So I wasn't too surprised. Only twenty seconds in, eh? it was like a quick shift for the forward. Shabbat stays on the ice. Then it's Nick Paul, Connor Brown, and Shabbat. Okay, cool. All good. Now, we love Brady, but should he be out there in three-on-three? Because he's laboring around the ice. He's not built for it. I would have rather seen Flash go out there and speed around. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, exactly. We love Brady, but three-on-three isn't exactly his strong suit. Like, he does better in tight, crowded areas, right? Like, he doesn't do good in wide-open spaces. So. That's, uh, I don't but know. But you almost a... feel like because he's such a, a part of the franchise, you kind of have to play him in all situations. But it's not the case. Like, put the guys, I would have preferred, honestly, to, and Stutzler was the other guy. Of course, you want him out there. And they probably would have been the second unit to go. But because it was a defensive zone faceoff, I totally get the play of getting uh, Connor Brown and yep. Nick Paul out there. Now, my other beef is why Del Zotto's the second defenseman over the boards. If he wouldn't, he wasn't even good enough to be in the lineup for other games. And where's Artem Zub? Where's Victor Mete? Guys who maybe suit three on three even better. I want better Zub there. I want as Zub well. There. Yeah, Zub should be the next guy out. No question. Zub also lost his spot on the second power play unit to Del Zotto as well after I thought that he looked pretty good there. But the second that, yeah, Kachuk and Del Zotto go on the ice, like I just thought they could have managed that a little better. Now, we don't know what the health was of Tyler Ennis, but he's a guy who I think would excel in three-on-three. So uh, an interesting coaching decision to go with Kachuk, Delzato, and Stutzla. That that changed on the fly, and uh, Stutzla gets muscled off the puck, and the rest is history. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to mention. Like, let's let's look at two plays here. Like, that Stutzla play that we talked about in the third, where he gets around Talbot. If you got a couple extra pounds of muscle there, you can probably find a way to tuck that puck in. And then same thing with this. If you got a couple extra pounds of muscle, Fiala, like I don't, I don't know Fiala's size. Is, is he a big dude? Like not really, but he's he's strong. He's built. Yeah. Okay. So like a couple more pounds, and maybe you don't beat him there, but maybe you hang on to him a little, a little longer, and that that kind of slows things down there. But it's a tough play for Timmy, especially how the his wheels kind of spin out there, and then it's a true two on one, and then Delhi. I don't know. I thought maybe he should have been a little more aggressive, but it's tough when Caprizov's the other guy on the side there. So I can't he's blame so him too much, much there. To watch. Hey. He, he's electric. Yeah, he is electric. Like definitely worth the massive contract that he got. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's tough when that's the way it's going to end. I, I knew I said it on uh, yesterday's show. Caprizov was going to score in this game. I said he was going to no get doubt. a hat trick. That's a little aggressive, but thank God that didn't happen. But it was definitely when it was in overtime and we saw Kaprizov on the ice there, I was a little nervous and ended up being the case. Well, just like we kind of asked the Sens to do, the Wild were on their third rotation. And guess what? They put Kaprizov back, who started overtime. So they weren't about to put 
their fifth and sixth forwards out on the ice. They put a fifth. And seventh defenseman. No, ex- exactly. <laughs> but they went right back to the big guns. And why wouldn't you? I don't know. Like Norris and Batherson had a 20-second shift. They were fresh and ready to go. I just didn't love the move going with who they went with Kachuk and Delzato in that third rotation there. Okay, we got to get into some bigger topics and things we've learned through this team for the first nine games. But first, Pilsy, coming off a 5-4 overtime loss in Minnesota, ending the road trip 1-1-1. and We got to tell you a word from our friends at... Bet online. Pillsy, I'll take this ad because you can't hit a parlay to save your life. This is a great time to get in at betonline.ag. All sports are in full swing. I'm talking hockey, football. Well, not all sports because credit the Atlanta Braves, MLB World Series. They don't say MLB champions, but what they do say is you can be a champion at betonline.ag. If you use our promo code locked on, that's promo code locked on, gets you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's that easy. Now's the time to do it because eventually Timmy's going to score and you want to be right there in on the action when he does. So go to betonline.ag, use promo code locked on, and don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action. Our promo code is locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And make sure you're locked on Senators wherever you download your podcast. You can find us on YouTube as well, on Twitter at Sense Central, and on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. So the Ottawa Senators are 5-3-1 and one on the season, and the schedule is just starting to heat up. I wish they were 5-3-1, and one, Ross. You got that one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, man. 3-5-1. 3-5-1. They've got their next opportunity um tomorrow against vegas and this vegas team is a reeling they're coming off a shutout loss to the toronto maple Leafs, so that's going to go one or two ways pilsy they're either going to come in here steaming hot and upset or this is a team who does have brett holden as their number one center yeah i mean there's a lot of injuries like you you talk about carlson broke his foot no patch ready no stone no Alex Tuck, no White Cloud, no um, Yanmark. Like there's, there's a lot of injuries on this team, and their forward group is looking very, very weak. But they still have an amazing uh, decor. Like anytime you get Shea Theodore, Petrangelo, Alec Martinez, Nick Haig is looking like he's going to be a stud too. So that's going to be a tough team to beat defensively. But hopefully, you can shut the door offensively because most of their weapons are sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, and Robin Leonard, X-Factor, always good against Ottawa. We'll touch on his stats against his former team in tomorrow's show. But what we've learned through nine games for me, and you saw how they ended last year. It was so much confidence from the back end, moving the puck up. But this is a team who leads the National Hockey League in giveaways. And it is very obvious watching this team. No tape-to-tape passes to get their forwards out of the zone. How can they possibly get rid of this awful um, trend that they've created? Trade players, <laughs> sign new players, draft better players. Like I don't I have almost no confident that confidence that the six, seven guys, whatever however you want to slice it, that are here can get the job done. Two of them, obviously, Shabbat and Zub, I'll leave out of that conversation, but the rest of them. 
holy crap, any which way you, you switch them around, they can't get it done. And it seems like almost every time you try a new D pair, it's like, that was even worse than before. Yeah. Like, so 100%. I honestly don't know what they're going to do. And then a lot of people are saying, well, you got to call up Branstrom. Branstrom is struggling in the AHL. I don't think calling him up when he's at his lowest confident point to add him to a decor that's been one of the worst in the league is a very good idea. So I'm going to go ahead and say, no, you don't call Branstrom up now. How quick can that change? Branstrom and the Belleville Senators are in Rochester tonight. They've got a game. If he puts up two apples or plays well, does this all of a sudden change? Because the way I see this is Lassie's hurt. Sure, JBD could be an option. But even if you're not ecstatic with how Branstrom's played down there, he can't be worse than what we're seeing in the NHL. And if he's as bad defensively, he at least has a little bit of wherewithal to get the puck out of his zone. Because I'm telling you right now, nobody is doing this. Josh Brown and Victor Mete had one of the worst statistic games in NHL history last night. We're not big expected goal guys, but usually you're around 50%. They were at 0.74%. Not even at 1%. And Josh Brown, like, don't even get me started at the shot share when he's on the ice. In the last four games, it's 16-4 and 61 against. Yeah. He's just getting caved in every single shift, but it's Groundhog Day. They're just putting him right back out. So, for me, no matter how bad he's playing in the American League right now, and it's not great. We've watched the games. Not great. He cannot possibly be worse. He cannot. It's not possible. Yeah, and I, I agree with that sentiment, but when you have a – like if this was maybe someone you're less invested in than Branstrom, sure, give that hey, a try. Where's Hubert Labrie? Bring him over here. He can't be worse either. Jonathan Aspro. This could be Jonathan Aspro no, season. He just he just got hurt bad in the last game. That's six to eight weeks. Ah, yeah. damn. Yeah. Well, that, man, just typical Ottawa Senators. They, they sign a million defensemen, and they still can't figure it out, and they don't have reinforcements. But wild. I think the thing here too, Ross, is that uh, Eric Branstrom isn't 100% healthy right now either. So I think calling him up and having him play in the NHL when, like I said, he's not doing good in the AHL, the NHL decor isn't going to do him any favors, and he's unhealthy – I think is just, that's not fair to him, especially w- with what he's going through. So I think it's going to take a lot more than one or two good games for him to get a call back up to the NHL. I think for now, you got to tell these guys, like you brought in veterans in Delzato and Holden because you were expecting them to be able to lift up some of the younger guys and say, hey, we've been through the ups and downs of an 82-game season. We can handle a couple bad stretches here, and we're going to pull these young guys out of there. Let's see if they can do it. It's only been nine games. So I think it's a little uh, early to start bringing Branstrom up when he's not ready. But uh, I don't have a lot of confidence in in what they're doing this way either. So I'm kind of at a loss for words. For uh, Like I said, the only way that I can think of to make this better is trades and signings. Like you, you need new blood in here. I don't know. There was a specific stat that TSN brought up on their on their broadcast last night, and that is uh, cr- powered by Sport Logique and Mike Kelly, good friend of the show as well. He runs that for them. The Senators rank dead last, thirty second now, not even thirty first, thirty second yeah. in the National Hockey League in slot passes, slot shots, cycle chances, and quality chances. That's them against giving up. So defensive stats. 
They give up the most slot passes. They give up the most slot shots. They give up the most cycle chances. And worst of all, they're giving up the worst quality chances, the most worst. That's a weird wording, but it makes sense. The most sense. worst. They, they're giving up the most worst they no, are I, you dead got it. last. All right. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you got myself it. You got there. It. Yeah. Bottom line is keep the puck out of the home plate area. Easy, easier said than done, though, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the Senators and uh, slots obviously not doing well. So it's good that uh, Vegas is coming to them and they're not playing Whoa. the slots in Vegas. How wow. about that? Oh, my God. We got to go after that, Pillsy. <laughs> but no, that's a solid end of the show. We'll have a full preview of tomorrow game and then again we're gonna have to kick off the weekend too there's lots of sense hockey here coming up which means you cannot rest on a loss or a win but one one and one on their first road trip it's average okay three out of six points let's see how the senators can finish the week against two tough opponents one of them a conference finalist last year the other back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. You can follow us on Twitter at Send Central. We appreciate you making us your first listen of the day here on Locked On Senators. We're at Locked On Dot Senators on Instagram, and please consider subscribing to the YouTube. You can go check out. We've uh, done some jiving on our playlists, so you can go if you're looking for anything specific. Go check those out and go listen to our former interviews. And there's lots more coming up soon but for today we say goodbye for brandon pillar i'm ross levitan this has been the locked on senators podcast your team every day